0: don't worry about what's popular because mm-hmm. you know the trends come and go it's when you work from your heart and you know look and create art from things that really resonate with you gonna people are gonna take notice right they yeah. always do
1: hey everyone you're listening to 2m creative labs the podcast this podcast is for those looking to learn be inspired and apply wisdom from others story and processes they execute on their creative passions Today, we talk to Jesse Skilper, an animator, illustrator, and teacher. He's been involved in all sorts of projects such as video games and TV and currently teaches in Vancouver. We talk about whether you should go to school, taking the time to focus on yourself and working from your heart and creating from things that resonate with you. It's not always easy with the feeling of needing to keep up, but Jesse shares his experience and hopefully encourages some positive momentum in your creative life. All right, um, yeah, so thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Um, Just to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit of who you are and what you do.
0: Hey, guys. uh, My name is Jesse Skilperort. Uh, It's a long, complicated Dutch last name. (laughs) Um, I work in the animation and entertainment industry um, probably since about the last 20 years. Um, I teach at the film school in the concept art program and also teaching at um, Capilano University Life Drawing and, yeah, just doing some freelance for... um, all sorts of projects, video games, um, TV, and um, but more recently, I've been trying to take more time out and work on some personal projects. So, it's all at the end of the day, it all really kind of comes down to that for me.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, um, I've been looking at a lot of your work, and I've known you through Loreen, one of my friends that has gone to uh, film school in Vancouver, and right. um, that's yeah. how I we kind of uh, connected in a way. Why don't you tell me about how you got started into Concept art and art direction.
0: Yeah, good question. Um, let's see. I mean, the very beginning would have been in 1999 when you know I'm getting out of high school and I'm like, how how am I going to make a living as an artist? And my friend uh, at the time was like, you know, there's this really good program for animation, and I just kind of without even really seriously considering it, um, I just thought to myself, well, there's an industry for it, and um, hey, uh, I can get a job as an artist, great, I don't want to be starving in Stanley Park doing portraits. <laughs> and um, I quickly realized that animating, the physical act of animating, um, I can't stand it. <laughs> really? It's Yeah, it's so laborious. I mean, it's it's very time consuming. I, th- th- I mean, don't get me wrong, part of me, I love it, like it's a beautiful medium, it's so creative, and I love watching films, animated films. But the process? Oh my God. Like <laughs> it's since, have you ever animated before? Only like motion graphics,
1: but never, like maybe the little like flashcards, you know, you have a little stack of sh- papers that you kind of, yeah, like the corner a of your notebook.
0: Book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all did that in elementary. It's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you try and make a living, uh, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, this is my, my experience. And I've, I found like, let me give you an example. If you're illustrating something You know, you can spend all day on it and kind of look at it, and oh, you know, maybe I want to change a few things here and there. And you still have like this platform, this base, this foundation you've you've kind of set out. You can animate on something all day long, and or you know, however long, and realize you shoot it on the line test, you realize your arcs, you know, the movement is all off. You got to start over from scratch. Uh So that's that's a traditional animation standpoint. Um, Obviously. Things are better now with technology and software, but um, yeah, I can. I just found it like, it it's you know either, you're either kind of made for it or you're not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned quickly. I was more of a designer at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in school, I kind of foolishly, you know, tried to be the master of all, Jack. Um, and you just yeah, I just ended up falling short. You know, I should have really focused on my strengths. Um, mm-hmm. but. All that aside, um, I'm grateful for that uh, as a um, kind of a a foundation in my training because there are a lot of benefits to knowing the principles of animation, you know, you have line of action and movement and gesture and all this stuff you can put pump into your drawings that's really beneficial and, you know, you look at a lot of concept art today and some of it falls really flat because they're just focused so much on the surface and they forget about the structure and um, things like movement and gesture and you know that's just such a good way to breathe so much life into your art right um, if that makes sense but um yeah i guess to get back to your original question so yeah, i did this animation program and kind of puttered around in that in the tv industry for I don't know, a good 10 years tv and games got kind of burnt out and by then i was you know doing more design jobs things that i liked um and then i decided you know I kinda miss traditional media and all I've really studied is animation, so I decided to go back to school and study fine art. And that was in about 2010. Um and a lot of my friends were kind of scratching their heads because, you know, by that time I was working professionally, I was a lead artist at a game studio. Um but it just wasn't that fulfilling, you know, I was doing social games and um I could just kinda care less. Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, went out to I flew all the way out to the east coast of Canada in Halifax and um, got my BFA at NASCAD. And some of it was good, some of it was a waste of time. But I met some really cool people, got to do some surfing, some painting, and um, yeah, it was good. It was you know just kind of good to get back in the fundamentals and um, you know throw some mm-hmm. paint around. Did you find that switching back to
1: okay? That's a very, that's actually a very interesting. Um, perspective so you with all your friends telling you that you're already working in a professional setting making that jump i guess as most people would see it as like a kind of backwards step
0: yeah um, you know they, they were very confused at the time and you know questioning me and all i knew is i just i was sick of creating digital art and um you know at the time <laughs> just, <laughs> it was, you know, I was just frustrated, right? I had these artists I was trying to direct and they weren't listening to me. And um, it's not always, it's not always about that, but I just, I felt like I was getting no respect and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for a change. So,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you find the, the jump to traditional helped you, I guess, like as you're working now, have you found that you picked up skills from there that you've been putting into your current work?
0: Yeah it did, you know, it it forced me to take more chances. Um, you know, I, I I guess I kind of think about it as, um, you know, if I was to just stay home and I mean, this works for some people, but I feel like if I had it, if I was left to my own devices, you know, I'd just be in this, you know, in a basement looking at Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) kind of painting and and working very small. That's one thing I know that a lot of, this isn't true for everyone, but a lot of self-taught artists, they tend to, um, work on a smaller scale, which is fine, but when I was in art school, you know, we had to stretch these huge huge canvases ourselves and really get out of your comfort zone and um, you take some more leaps and you're surrounded with people that, um, you know, are in the same boat and you're all there to learn and, and also the art history classes, you're exposed to things that you might not normally um, be introduced to. So, I guess at the end of the day, it really kind of broadens your horizons and mm-hmm. um, gives you Yeah, a bit of a wider scope in things. So yeah, and from then, um, to get back to the original question, I came back to Vancouver and kind of got sucked in, back into the industry I was trying to get away from, which is the TV animation industry. And I started art directing at a CG studio in Vancouver and got a little bit burnt out and um, started teaching and freelancing after that. So here we are.
1: That's awesome. Did you find that teaching and freelancing has been a lot more helpful to you with the terms of burnout like that's such a big topic now Um, oh man yeah it's huge like maybe get it yeah i'd love to get some insight on like how you like how you've been dealing with burnout and how you would like if you have any recommendations for somebody that you know is super passionate but doesn't really feel as though like it's actually more draining to them
0: Mm -hmm. um well yeah you gotta set boundaries right at the time um I was basically kind of in a not a very good situation because I realized that our studio was competing with um, uh, another studio in a third world country. So, you know, our Mm -hmm. budgets and, and kind of labor, everything was just completely out of balance. So, I had no pre production, no design team. And I was just trying to take on all this work myself because, yeah, it was a big title for me at the time. I was earning good money and I wanted to prove myself so and i was passionate about it and um yeah i was working crazy hours and had no life and was stressed and um <laughs> <laughs> burnout sucks man like there really is kind of no remedy f- i mean aside from being uh like i said putting down boundaries there really is no um no remedy for it. you just it's for me it was kind of a time thing you know mm-hmm. your energy will come back to you um obviously keep trying to look at things that inspire you. I'm a big comic book fan. Um, You know, there's, it's crazy. The amount of art and information that's at our fingertips now, like social media, it's bananas. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's ubiquitous. We're getting bombarded all the time. So anyone uh, on a side note, anyone that's ever like complaining about, Um, Oh, I don't know what to draw or I can't get inspiration, like, man, I feel sorry (laughs) for you, right? There's so much out there. But yeah, as far as burnout goes, um, yeah, just just being smart and uh, maybe having a mentor in your life, trying not – making sure you don't take on too much work, um, biting Mm -hmm. off too much you can't chew and um, yeah, just being – putting down – putting your foot down and being able to say no, I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a, like, especially for people that are starting out, and I think that's kind of some of our audience is at currently is they're starting out and it's difficult to kind of put yourself in a position where you're saying no to things, especially when there's not a whole lot that's coming your way at the start. Like, how did you kind of approach, I guess you did work um, TV animation and you've already had that kind of experience at the time, but... Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any advice for those that have been freelancing like how do you think that they could approach that position like
0: to avoid burnout or yeah like to you
1: know to be able to say no to things but also still kind of maintain that freelancing
0: yeah um hmm (laughs) it's a tough (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a tough one i I feel like just from day one putting Mm -hmm. down some um Somewhat like uh um I like in design I always like to think about the sixty forty rule, where or the seventy thirty as a designer I'm sure you've probably heard of this but mm-hmm. you know you want to avoid um doing you know everything like fifty fifty which is super even and across the board so just always ha- always reserving that part of your schedule your energy um your day for personal work or um mean like okay I'm only going to take on s- so much professional work, and you know, it's it's the work-life balance, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's it is kind of um, it can be seductive because we all want that money, and uh, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's a hustle, and uh, yeah, sometimes you end up overextending yourself, and then uh, yeah, you get in that red zone. And uh, I think for me, like you know, just spending time in nature and uh, you know, nice. like kind of getting off track but just it's it's all about recharging right and that for me is is so important to have time outside the city with my friends um i love being around water and uh yeah i think that's for me that's a big part of it in bc we have you know just beautiful mountains and trails and all mm-hmm. kinds of great stuff at our fingertips so that always helps that's awesome yeah.
1: that's that's interesting like so this is something that, I mean, I'm, 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 I am I'm understand, like, the scenario of, like you know, you, you do need to recharge and take that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking to another artist, and it was the concept of, like, you always feel like you're going to be behind. Yeah. You know, like, in that if you take, and, 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 and like, logically, it, it makes sense, but I guess, like, sometimes you do get kind of run into a situation where, like, but if I take the, the 30 minutes to, you know, maybe go for a walk down the park or whatever you're losing the 30 minutes to kind of keep up in a sense mm-hmm.
0: yeah right? the FOMO exactly mm-hmm. yeah you're right um and I heard a really interesting quote from someone um a friend was telling me that they did a there was a TED talk on this and something along the lines of they looked at two people's um kind of working history their lives and they one guy worked for let's say like I don't know 10 years straight another guy worked for about um Five years or four years took a year off, focused on himself or did whatever they wanted. And obviously, this is possible if you're um, financially um, <laughs> secure. Okay, secure exactly. And then he continued to work for another four or five years. And that person that took that one year off accomplished a lot more in the end, probably because they were happier. Right? I, I don't I can't remember the exact reason, but it just goes to show um you know you, you got to do it and uh and it makes sense. it's like you know meditation you know taking that time out of your day just to kind of focus on yourself look inward and um you know you'll have answers to things that you didn't if you just you know keep trying to grind it out all day mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of that kind of stuff
1: that's awesome You yeah. is that something that you do i've it's something that i've taken like i try to make uh 10 minutes out of my day it's i'm not, it's not it's not something that i've been perfect at it but it has been something that i try to add to my life every day it's like 10 oh, that's minutes. great yeah man.
0: yeah it's so helpful and um you're right it's hard it's it's it can be a struggle sometimes when you get all this stuff to do um mm-hmm. but i mean for me yeah it's been really helpful especially a few years ago end of 2016 i had a really bad concussion snowboarding mm-hmm. and um man, it messed me up so bad. i had to take Jeez. a year off work and it was crazy. Like it affects every year of your life. And, um, not a lot of people understand how crippling it can be because it's really like an invisible injury. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, your sleep, your energy, everything. Um, so, you know, calming down, down my mind and it's just tuning in, just getting your nervous system to chill out. It's, <laughs> it's really, really useful for, for creativity and just life in general. Um, There's a great book out there a friend lent me years ago. I think it's called The Secret Path. I haven't come across it since um, by this guy named Dr. Paul Brunton. Mm -hmm. And he basically just kind of underscores the importance of everything we just talked about. Um, And you know, they would look at all the famous minds, the, the inventors and all these people that have accomplished so much. And the one thing they had in common was they would make sure to take a little bit of time out of their day, no matter if it's the end of the day or late late at night or whenever, just to kind of focus on their breathing and basically meditate. And I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was really insightful for me to hear that from, you know. That's all interesting. These... Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, like there's something about breathing. I think that if you really do focus into it, I, I don't know, like to me, I found it very very helpful whenever i'm just like overwhelmed emotionally or some sort of feeling that like you know i gotta i gotta go do all these things and i don't have the time but taking that step back has been the most helpful which is cool very counterintuitive i think but it um, is
0: you're you're right yeah but it's it really in the long run it's good i (laughs) think um are you familiar with the film director david lynch I can't say M. No. Um, check out his films. He's he's doesn't really play by the typical rules. He's, he's a bit of he's kind of out there, but mm-hmm. really interesting work. Um, he directed the original sci-fi um, movie called Dune, which. He oh. ended up, yeah, he wasn't a fan of because the studio kind of meddled with around a lot with it. But um, yeah. he did Mulholland Drive and a ton of other um, movies. And you know, it takes a certain type to enjoy them. But mm-hmm. um, he's a big fan of transcendental meditation, and I don't know, I actually know what that involves. But it's a certain school or type of uh, way of doing it, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of the what his his claim to. Um, the source of not his success, but I guess, um, kind of a wellspring for his creativity and kind of, um, where he gets a lot of his ideas. He also also directed the uh, original TV series, Twin Peaks, which has a really big, uh, cult following.
1: Yeah. 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 It's something that I haven't like gone into fully, but (laughs) it's weird.
0: Yeah. But yeah, he's cool. Um, he talks about it now and then. And, um, I just think he's so interesting because, you know, here's this guy that, is successful um, in Hollywood doing these crazy like art films um, that have like a completely bizarre story structure and like I guess when I learned that um, about his practices and how he, he would basically said you know he wouldn't survive in Hollywood alone um, in fr- a lot of his main sponsors I think are French. Like mm-hmm. companies like Canal Plus and stuff, because they've used cinema as art, and to to them he's like a true tour So they kind of support him, and um, he he doesn't really operate on this traditional Hollywood script format. He just kind of ideas pop into his head and he goes with it, and they're pretty weird, but <laughs> they're pretty mm-hmm. cool. So that's kind of his background, and yeah, worth checking out if um,
1: definitely, yeah yeah t- interesting. yeah that is really interesting and talk to me kind of about that especially with regards to your own style and the idea of you know like you, you might not really follow the traditional script or the you know what's typically considered like i guess uh popular or however however sort of way you want to look at that but how you kind of develop your own style mm. um like how did develop. you kind of go about that like is there something that was inspired that wasn't considered traditional or considered at the time was like
0: good yeah man that's um, that's a great question I I don't I mean style is always kind of a tricky one because I, I still don't feel like I have a particular style um, but I mean just as kind of a background I've I've always kind of looked at stuff that... If it's super mainstream, I tend to avoid it, um, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm just kind of this contrarian by nature. But, um, and I'm not saying go against the grain all the time, but um, you know, for example, I just I don't things I don't like things that are super vanilla. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. super boring, and um, I like things that are a bit different and a little bit, and that to me, that's what's interesting, right? Um, Oh man, it's such a such a broad topic, but I mean, I mean, yeah, influences. I mean, I love so many. There's so many, for example, um, European artists and like especially comic book artists that nobody really knows about in um, in the North America because you know comics are kind of seen as like a high art form, especially in places like France and Belgium, right. and they just have. Yeah, such a dedication to that craft and amazing facility in that medium. And it's just, you know, you, you know it when you see it. And yeah. um, I've really kind of gravitated towards a lot of that. And, you know, we might not see you as much of that here. I mean, let's take one big name a lot of people might know is Mobius, um, mm-hmm. also known as Jean Jean Giraud or Giraud. Like, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, are you familiar with his work? I've seen a bit of it around for sure. Yeah, he's kind of the, um, you could call him kind of like the sort of the grandfather of like, grandfather of sci-fi, sort mm-hmm. of, um, especially in comic books, and um, he is, yeah, he's he's definitely out there, and he's done a ton of work, and it's, you know, it's pretty esoteric and um, celestial at times, but um, it's original, and I like that, and yeah, he was actually a big driving force behind... Um, what was it? Uh, a lot of the stuff we see in films today. There's actually a great documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune, um, and that, and I mean, as far as style and originality goes, that's a, a really cool. Um, just you know, it's just dripping with stuff that's never that was never done before. And then, long story short, the film never got made. Um, but they put together this amazing kind of compendium of like uh-huh. concept art and storyboards and stuff. And they, it was circulating through Hollywood, through all the big studios, because they were trying to get financial backing, and nobody um, really, I guess, trusted him enough, and they all just kind of backed out one by one. But they were left with all this amazing, inspiring art, and then all these things started surfacing in the films we know today, like Star Wars and Aliens right. and all this. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking to you know, you watch it, you're like, whoa, man, like all this guy's hard work just kind of got ripped off and, Mm -hmm. you know, parts of it. So, but, um, yeah, to, I guess to get back to your original question about style and I guess you were asking me like how to find it or how to find your voice. Yeah. Um, just do what you love, right? Um, there was, yeah, just, just follow, just keep doing what you love. Don't worry about, I guess my advice to any other artists would be, um, don't worry about what's popular because Mm -hmm. you know the trends come and go it's when you work from your heart and you know look and create art from things that really resonate with you that's gonna people are gonna take notice right they always do and it's not always an easy path because you know like learning to trust your instincts and stuff like that could it takes practice right but um, that's um yeah i think that's something that's always served me well and um You know, I guess to bring up another name, someone like Robert Valley comes to mind, who's got this really kind of distinctive, um, indelible approach to you know his drawing, and he's done. He's a local Vancouver artist, um, internationally recognized. You know, he's worked all over the world on animation productions. And um, I mean, have you seen any of those animated gorillas music music videos at all? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. He's worked and directed on some of those and um, really, yeah, like really strong design yeah. and um, just kind of dripping with cool, right? And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's kind of what part of – put it, that's sort of what helped put him on the map. But he's since gone on to do um, um, several short films of his own, the last one, Pear Cider and Cigarettes, and that was actually nominated for an Oscar. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So look him up. He's super cool. And when it comes to style, like that guy is, you know, I just think number one, like super just fearless in his approach to like, he'll, he'll distort things. So, so much that you're like, Whoa, is that, Is that possible you know but but it totally works and it because he has such a good understanding of anatomy and his drawing skills are just through the roof he can he can push things so far and it still it still holds up and i just i love that um (laughs) and a really good storyteller you know just amazing understanding of um um you know the whole cinema as as a medium is that's a whole skill in itself i find
1: for sure yeah that's awesome is that something that you kind of talk about with your students um in terms of like style because i I imagine you'd be running into various like different types of uh, illustrators and concept artists that have their own certain way and i guess you can't really teach i mean i'm just making assumptions here that you can't really teach it in like a certain particular style but instead find something that is more base like anatomy or
0: yeah Yeah. um yeah for sure stick to the fundamentals right um Mm style is something that a lot of um i find people tend to kind of get not concerned with but or obsessed with but it definitely occupies their attention and i to me i think it's just something that comes over time um and it's just kind of like a the uh distillation of all of your influences over time it's not something that um happens right away you know i'm i'm almost I'm a few years away from 40 and uh I feel like I'm just kind of starting to step into my own as far as um you know to use that mm-hmm. quote unquote style word and it's just <laughs> a, like I look and study I cre- it's it really comes from a lifetime of um studying and creating art you know right. if I had to put it simply I think that's kind of how it goes and the the broader your influences I think the more um the more impact you're going to have on your audience, um, because all those little things find a way of making it into your work. Um, you know, like there's just there's so much out there. It's amazing to be alive at this time because you know we have like crazy um, animated projects coming out of Japan and Europe, and it's just it's nuts. Like when I was in when I was first going to school. Um, <laughs> YouTube wasn't even around, right? <laughs> yeah. 1999. So we had like maybe uh, the odd gnome on DVD kicking around that was like 70 bucks a pop and you know we'd all go in on it together or whatever and, and that was it. And those, those guys were all like art center uh, graduates and you know mm-hmm. they have a certain aesthetic that they're going for and that's kind of you know become this industry standard but there really is no there's no one way of doing things there's just just a myriad of um of approaches and anyone i always tell people to beware of anyone that touts uh you know this this is the solution you know this is the one way it's that's bullshit right there's just like figure drawing there's I remember in school there's this artist glenn vilpu who you know has somehow become the benchmark of figure drawing and yeah he's a a good artist and he's he's an amazing draftsman but for some reason it's regardless the template but figure drawing is such a personal thing as an artist there's just you know there's no one way and and whatever way you approach it is 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 your own unique way and that's that's what you have to remember so um that's awesome (laughs)
1: no i think that's that's yeah i think that makes a lot of sense right and it's really it's good to have those templates right that you can kind of start looking towards yeah but definitely somewhere yeah not defining and using that as the be all end all because that is kind of at least how i see it is like creativity you can start mixing in from like as much as you can like the influences that you find throughout like
0: a lifetime 100 percent um I just it just reminded me of a, a quote I read to my students uh, a few days ago last week, and um, it's from a comic book artist who's no longer with us. His name's Alex Toth. T O T H. Have you ever heard of him? No. Very cool, kind of. I, he's sort of known as like um, the master of minimal like he's he's able to say a lot with a little (laughs) and um man like i don't know if any of you guys listening or you juan have ever attempted to do comics but it's insanely difficult right you got to know everything it's so hard you got to be a good storyteller and uh, a friend years ago was like yeah it's kind of a thankless industry i'm like what do you mean He's like, Well, you gotta like like I said, you gotta know everything. You gotta be able to draw anatomy, like figures and perspective, foreshortening, um, camera angles, you gotta understand perspective, composition, lighting, props, um, you know, clothing, vehicle everything, right? Mm-hmm. Locations and have it all make sense. So but and then you have all these people that wanna do it. So the market, like it's pretty saturated. And so the average person can just pick up a book off a shelf and like, eh, you know, and, and not have any idea how much work actually goes into it. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's incredible. So to get back to Alex Toth, um, he's super good, old school. I want to say like kind of 50s, 60s, 70s were sort of his his jam. Uh, he did a lot of work for like these old sort of um, creepy and eerie magazine. He did, he did tons of work for all the publications but a lot of a lot of true fans lamented the fact he never did enough of his own work right um which kind of brings us back to where we started but okay so he wrote this cool letter um and it says to any fan of mine and this is from april 93 uh do some good for yourself and haunt your public library and art museum expose yourself to all the best available in books paintings and sculpture art period study what interests you define what you see the inner beauty and character and style until your appreciation grows within you through better understanding of that which attracts you. That's a beautiful quote. That last sentence is, I think, is really powerful. And it, and it makes sense. Like, the more you study what you truly like um, and learn why you like it, that's going to just resonate with you so much more, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than if you just have a, you know, a ton of stuff flying at you and you're like, oh, I love all this, but I don't know why I like it, right? But I yeah. define what you see and the inner beauty blah 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 until your appreciation grows within you through better understanding which attracts you yeah it totally makes sense
1: that is such a cool quote and it's
0: pretty it's pretty good
1: yeah it's really good and i think it's kind of it really helps me understand why like artists creatives tend to go into that realm of obsessiveness Mm. over something because like you just can't get enough of that and you're trying to really dig deep and see why you like those things right
0: absolutely yeah that's That's also true yeah yeah it kind of opened things up for me a bit and (laughs) um it makes sense right because like it's just there's we're like we can be seduced by so many different things but when you really kind of boil something down and figure out the essence of something and be like okay this person's really good at lighting or um you know this person is an amazing um i don't know their anatomy or expressions or whatever right then Mm it's yeah just get down to it so
1: that's awesome i love that so do you think there is such a thing as it's too late to become an artist and do it as a
0: job (laughs) Hmm. um i don't i don't think it is i it kind of depends how hard you're willing to work um i mean and where you are in life i guess but I think it's a skill that, with enough dedication and kind of, um, you know, just resilience, anyone can really learn it. Obviously, there's some people that are more predisposed to it that mm-hmm. have more of a natural ability. Um, but I've seen huge improvements in people, improvements in people that uh, it didn't show a lot of promise early on um, and just through the sheer volume of hard work. So, you know, it's a skill like anything else. The more you do, the better you're going to get. I don't know. It's 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 funny that you bring that up. Sometimes I often think of one of my favorite artists who was always really good. Again, old school, uh, <laughs> traditional oil painter, fantasy or Frank Frazetta. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. He was always amazing, but his whole career never really got going full steam until he was like 45, uh, until he actually started painting these book covers. Before that, he was just doing uh, comics and getting by, and then I guess there was uh, some kind of recession or the work dried up. He's like, all right, I got to pound the pavement again, and then he actually started oil painting, and it's like, bam, like nobody was ready for it, and he just totally like blew the socks off everyone um, with these super strong compositions and like really energetic um, uh, poses and stuff. and and just kind of the the sheer, the power that he was like pumping into his paintings it was just, it was awesome. And people were going to the bookstore, um, ripping off the covers of his no of his books. Yeah, man, because um, they just, they had to get their hands on them. And you know, I was almost one of those people. It was just, I remember the first time I came across one of his paintings, I was just floored. And I was like, who is this? What is this? Why haven't I seen this before? I need to see more, kind of thing, right? Because <laughs> um, I'd never seen anything like it. And it, his career, he, things got to such a high point where, what happened? He, um, publishers would approach him, and this is actually this has never happened for any other artist in history. And they would say, give us a painting. Any painting, paint whatever you want, it doesn't matter, we'll write a story around that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And and no, I don't, to, as far as I know, that no one else has been able to achieve that um, because his work was in such high demand. Um, and actually now on Instagram, his granddaughters are running an account cause he, I think he passed away in 2013 or 2015. Um, and they're just called, it's just for girls and they, um, yeah, they post his work and offer little like nuggets and tidbits and yeah, it's just fascinating, right? Cause he was so talented. Um, but also this amazing athlete who almost got drafted by the New York giants and, um, and this is probably I don't know back in the 20s or 30s, like a long time ago. But uh, you know, to be that um, uh, versatile, like physically and artistically, it's insane. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to answer your question, I don't think it's too late. Um, I mean, yeah, Zetta <laughs> he got he got things rolling in his 40s. So um, yeah, yeah, just pick up that paintbrush and and keep doing what you what you love doing.
1: Mm -hmm. that's awesome and like i think with regards to that to add on to you know like the the people that you've seen initially as like "Hmm, i'm not sure but really like later down the line do find that oh like they've improved significantly it's the amount of work that they put in right and also being intentional in the efforts that you're um you're putting in right
0: yeah because you can work hard
1: you can work hard but if you're you also want to make sure that you're putting that effort into the right places
0: exactly and um you know i've been i feel like i could be a lot further along in my career if i was more disciplined like that sometimes Mm -hmm. i get kind of lazy and um you know actually directing your focus like you said um a lot of it does come down to just uh, and also be willing to fail right um I started. I kind of picked up painting in gouache again recently, and man, it's an ass kicking. Like, have you ever <laughs> used gouache before? No, I have not. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, gouache is kind of like an opaque watercolor, and um, it's basically you know you can do thin washes, but you can also go really really opaque and mm-hmm. thick. Um, but the problem with it is, is the value like the um, the what that color represents on a black and white scale does not dry at the same value you put it down at so oh you can put yeah it's crazy man so you put down a dark value it dries lighter you put down a light value it dries darker it's so frustrating that's so weird uh, it's so annoying um and i've you know i just got to practice more um that, and so part of me is kind of being drawn more towards maybe i should just get good at watercolor and practice more of that because you know what you see is what you get and i just find that you know at the end of the day it's It's kind of annoying, right? To have Mm -hmm. to think ahead like that. Um, but it's you know, once you get the hang of it, it can be a beautiful medium. Like it was really big in advertising with, you know, these golden age um illustrators that did these these um beautiful like I don't know, paintings of cars or whatever, like because it dries flat. Right. And it's water soluble. So you're photographing it, there's gonna be no glare and um it's it's cool right mm-hmm. it's this kind of chalky um yeah it's but it's also it's just
1: it's there difficult I heard
0: it is yeah. so difficult Sid Mead described it once as uh bitchy medium French for bitchy medium because <laughs> <laughs> to get that right consistency is tough
1: that's so funny
0: yeah that's a good laugh
1: uh, a couple more questions sure um does it really matter to go to an art school
0: Oh, and yeah, I
1: know you're a teacher, so.
0: <laughs> um, you know, that is actually a really good question because, you know, for me, I always was like, you know, I need someone else to crack the whip. Um, you know, if I'm going to be left to my own habits, I'll just be looking at, um, you know. Yeah. Dungeons <laughs> and, and Dragons. Yeah. d and all day long. Um, and so, yeah. So art school is good for a few things. Um, a... You're gonna be exposed. You're gonna meet people that come from different backgrounds than you, and you're gonna learn from them. You're gonna be forced into outside your comfort zone and exposed to uh, new ways of thinking through things like art history. And as a result, you're gonna learn more about yourself, right? And so all that stuff's really good. However, if you have a crystal clear idea in your head of what you want to do. For example, okay, I want to get really good at painting backgrounds, or I want to get really good at anatomy. Whatever your goal is, there is a ton of information online. I mean, even when it comes to film school, right? Some directors working today got their chops from studying films, not frame by frame, but actually storyboarding, like basically drawing from the screen, the beginning and end of each shot from like, you know, say a really well shot film, you know, like the masters and then lead the, through that you learn things like um, sequence and shot flow and storytelling and composition and all that. And you know, that's one way to learn and there's just a ton of stuff like um, New Masters Academy is a great online tool that I've subscribed to in the past and learned a, a great deal. Um, there's so many digital platforms um, that outside of the brick and mortar school system that um, like Illustration Academy and you know, a ton of others that teach you all this good stuff That you know, people might be paying an arm and a leg for at um, you know some prestigious school in I don't know uh, New York or California. And um, if you're disciplined and if you have the drive, I think you can uh, definitely make it make it work. But again, like I said, I'm one of those people that I kind of need someone to make build a schedule for me and. you know, I'd be in my pajamas all day long if mm-hmm. <laughs> sleeping in if, if I didn't have that. So um, I think it it kind of comes down to your goals. You know, if you want to have a broad, um, uh, broaden your horizons and learn learn a lot about yourself, then uh, I think a school is a good thing. You know, pick a place that has a, a long standing reputation. Um, uh, the only real tragedy now is like the uh, the kind of tuition fees that are that some of these institutions are charging, um, um, but like you know there's things like Gumroad, Patreon, um, and all these online uh, portals that will enable you a lot of these skills for like a fraction of the cost. But it's you know you're going to be self-directed. So I guess it, it it's you're still kind of to you know your your question. I don't really have a, a yes or no answer. I just think that um, you have to choose. Um, do do I want to get a little bit of everything and you know meet some, be around other people, or am I okay being on my own and and just being clear about my goals? You know, because uh, yeah. it's totally doable.
1: For sure, and I think that's a great thing to hear is the fact that it is doable either way. It it ultimately does come down to are you capable of being accountable on your own or mm-hmm. do you need something that will kind of put you in gear like i like you said you know so that you're not sitting around and saying that you are doing it but then really you're <laughs> staring at dnd <laughs> yeah. artwork for hours on end which you know maybe it really is a way for you to work that way but yeah totally. exactly
0: you're procrastinating on mm-hmm. youtube or netflix or whatever you want to do to kill time exactly or art station or you know whatever you want to yeah, there's there's a there's so many distractions out there now. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how people keep up with it all I mean, do you have a remember? I think Google used to have this thing called it was like Google reader oh. And you could subscribe to certain blogs. Yeah, um, and you'd get that feed every day, but they, I think they took it down I don't know um, If any if there's any equivalent out there today if, if you have it, let me know Or
1: probably I usually spend a lot of my time on reddit now and Okay, cool it's mostly just a running feed of things that you subscribe to or don't subscribe to, and gotcha. It, it kind of just is ongoing, and the the danger is that it doesn't stop, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So it it would take you uh you for somebody that you know needs that kind of whip, then you uh-huh. you want to have somebody saying hey you gotta be a class for this time and yeah for sure um i guess just to kind of start wrapping things up is there anything that you'd like to part and i guess because you're a teacher um consider this as like a big class of illustrators or concept artists or aspiring to be that you want to part with and say just to kind of you know push them towards turning their work into something that actually sustains them or just improving
0: hmm any parting advice or parting words um Yeah, like we talked a lot about passion earlier, and um, it can be easy to get discouraged. I think from looking at there's just there's so many talented artists out there, um, and it's um, it's easy to just kind of want to give up or be like, oh man, I don't have what that person takes. Or yeah, this is this is going to be a multi-tier answer, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, don't get discouraged. Right, they all got there through hard work and. Right now, I feel like a lot of what a lot of people are kind of missing is that understanding of sweat equity. You know, we have these these millennials who <laughs> I'm generalizing, but they just want the answers. They want the easy out, and they don't realize that everybody got really good from working their ass off, from busting their ass. Right, it comes down to that: um, long days and um, bouncing back from burnout and all that stuff. So you'll get there is just going to take hard work and um obviously uh, obey your passions right don't try and follow the uh the mainstream bullshit that's that's never served me interesting side note i tabled at a convention uh, a few years ago ctn uh creative talent network in um in la with mm-hmm. a friend and i going into this my strategy was like okay it's basically a big animation convention so it's like comic con but for animation and um I was like, okay, I'm going to sell some prints and get my stuff out there, but there's going to be a lot of probably animation fans. So I'm going to do some work inspired by, you know, one of my favorite uh, directors, like from Studio Ghibli, Miyazaki. I love Princess Mononoke. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to do some prints based off that. So I did. I spent all this time on these charcoal drawings of this girl. Um, What's your name? Sam, I think, and the wolf. Um, their Wolf Guardian, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, cool concept. I it could have turned out better because I was kind of dealing with concussion recovery, and um, you know, I was under a crunch to get these prints done. And anyways, um, I sold some, but my personal work that I made prints of, man, I like I sold way more of those, and and I was so stoked. It was a learning thing for me because. Um, It just goes to show, you know, follow your intuition, trust yourself, trust your instincts and that will serve you because, you know, my whole, and never do it just for money because (laughs) the whole reason I did those Miyazaki-inspired prints was to make sales. And I was like, you know, I don't want it to be a bust, but it all ended up working out because I had my personal work and that's, you know, that's what came out on top, which was great. Um, That's awesome yeah it was it was super um rewarding for stuff like that to happen and you know like i said it was it was a learning experience um so there's that don't get don't don't let anyone bring you down you know looking at things that, that keep you going is always important um and uh don't put all your eggs in one basket i guess
1: mm-hmm. that's awesome i think yeah. um especially just even hearing that kind of story, you know where you you went in and said you know I'm gonna do this because this is what would probably make the most sales, mm-hmm. um, but you know finding out that really what you were more passionate about was what took over.
0: Exactly, um, and it yeah, hundred percent. It's always those things that, and when you really when you're working from your heart, you know your audience will it it shows up, and uh, when you're when you're fighting it if it's stiff, um, it also shows up. Mm-hmm. and uh it's just kind of getting into that flow state i think is so important it comes down to to being disciplined and um always like ideas are huge right write down your ideas some people their whole strategy for getting work is oh i don't know um i'm gonna you know tailor my portfolio after this artist and you know that can work but um my friend we <laughs> we were having beers one night we we're at this uh festival and it was funny. He just kind of laid it on me. He's like, "You know, Jesse, um, you're probably a better artist than I am, but I'm a better storyteller than you are." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna argue with that. You're you're right." He said, "But as a storyteller, you get more, right? You can do a book, you can do a comic, you can do a film. You have more options." And I was like, hey, "Amen, man. Absolutely." Um, Thank you. You know, like it's it's totally and we're we're friends. Like it's we can we're it's totally cool. We can talk uh, to each other like that. And I really appreciate his honesty. And you know, since then I've been trying to pay more attention to things like story because at the end of the day, that's this that's a, a big part um, of what it, it's it's those things that leave you with that lasting emotional impact that I'm always striving for in my art. Right, and story is just such a good avenue for that and so um, I don't know it's just and now we're it's kind of an exciting time because we have all these streaming um, entertainment services that are you know trying to get our attention and they're all hungry for content right so it's kind of like it's the wild west of content development so it's a great time to be an artist and developing your ideas um, it's just it's 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 great when I got a first got out of school it was a total drought and we all got depressed and bummed out because there's no work in, in the city but um, yeah, it's it's great. Like, Just keep keep working, developing those ideas and it's funny like to backtrack a little bit, my whole year spent, oh, more than a year spent recovering from that head injury I had. Um, I couldn't really watch movies, I could barely even, I, if I read too much I'd get a headache right and screens are a big uh, aggravator of my symptoms. So. I, I could do some drawing um, but I just kind of a lot of my time I sat down and I wrote down a shit ton of ideas and I came up with some really cool concepts that I'm really proud of that I'm trying to work into an illustrated book right now so you know there's it's kind of funny how you take a few steps back in life but there's always kind of a silver lining to things mm-hmm. and um, I think that hopefully fingers crossed I don't want to get too ahead of myself but uh, that is kind of one of those cases. So. For sure. sure. I keep at it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good to hear, man. And um, yeah, with with that in in mind, um, how can we, and the rest of the audience listening, support you and your work as you you know move forward?
0: Oh, thanks, Juan. Um, I'm on Instagram, as I'm sure you know, at I of Jess. I as in eyeball. Jess, J E S S. And I'm trying to post more regularly now. Um, and yeah, it's just drawing sketches, digital paintings. So, yeah, stay tuned, Um, there's a lot more coming this way as I'm feeling better, I'm getting more of my energy, I'm starting to create more again and it feels good, so, yeah, leave comments and um, tell me what you think, if you like it, if you hate it, it's all good, Um, I'm open to it, so, um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure, if if, um, there's anything else, uh, feel free to just message me or, um, you know, any questions at all, get in touch
1: definitely it's been a pleasure for us as well and uh, thanks for doing this again really appreciate it and for sharing like all your experiences
0: yeah my pleasure Juan Uh, thanks for reaching out like I said this is my first podcast so um yeah lots of exciting things uh thoughts going through my head and um yeah love to keep seeing what you do as well and um uh, yeah the respect is mutual man awesome thanks so much hey you're welcome thank you
1: Thanks for listening to the episode. If you liked it, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. Also, share this episode with your friends. Word of mouth always helps to keep the podcast going, and we'll see you in the next one.